Hello, welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government and the town of Shrewsbury. Today's podcast episode is going to discuss the tax classification process and all things assessing with our principal assessor, Ruth Anderson. I'm Kevin Mizikar, the Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by Communications Coordinator Taylor Galusha. How's it going, Taylor? I'm good. Coming off a long Shrewsbury filled weekend. Shrewsbury filled weekend. Yeah. What happened? I, I probably worked an extra whole day. Yeah. We had Spirit of Shrewsbury this weekend. And it was my first Spirit of Shrewsbury. But I guess it's been going on since like nineteen ninety six from yeah. the article I read this morning about it. Um and it was super fun. And we had, it was rainy though. No? Saturday, it was like, it felt like it was a impending rain all day, mm-hmm. but it really didn't rain that much. And God. honestly, had a great time um, coloring town halls with kiddos, talking to people about our climate action plan, mm-hmm. sharing information on our website and town app. And just overall, we were there from, we were there for eight hours. So awesome. honestly, it was it was a really fun day. I had a great time. That's great. Who else was there with you? Um, assistant town manager Keith Baldinger was there with me. Um, Justin Dobson was also there with the Commission on Disabilities um, group from the town. Parks and Rec had or Recreation had a table. Trails Committee had a table. Uh, I don't want to forget anyone because I just started rattling <laughs> off like a lot. There was a lot of town group representation. Good. Sam Mackin, Gosha from DPW were up there, so or were there with me. So it was a lot of fun. That's and great. Familiar faces popped by too, so it's always nice seeing community members yeah. not in town hall and at events like this. So, but the um, weekend really started on Thursday. Yes. Yep. yep. With the police department's community night. We also tabled at that too. And yeah, it was, that a, was so fun. It was a lot of fun. Great number of people. Uh, a lot of um, good comments, not only about the police station, but about the town hall campus and having events there, which I think provides a great opportunity, the new setup for us to have more community events like that. And it's definitely in the works and planning with recreation and other folks in town. So uh, it was wonderful to see everyone tours quote-unquote sold out even though you didn't have to pay any money Um, (laughs) we just ran out of the capacity to be able to uh, give everyone a tour that wanted it that had to be the longest line of the night yeah Uh, folks signing up for that but we'll get to them and i know they were going to be scheduled in the future so it was great to see everyone thankful for not only the police department recreation taylor um, the all-in team for the climate action plan um, Council on Aging, Fire Department, Emergency Everybody. Management. Everybody Everyone was, was there. there. It was great. Town participation. A lot of community members there. And state police brought mm-hmm. their helicopter in. So And I cut paper day. for 16 hours. Cut paper? Week. That's dedication right yep. there. Sixteen hours. Ran around, ran around the town hall, asking all the departments if they had any info they wanted to get out there, and accommodated the best I could. So That's great. No paper cuts. <laughs> Six. Two, two up on last week's community events. Two zero on paper cuts. So. What else I'm is going myself. on? Let's move on from cutting paper. I want to. 
um football kind of kicked off i feel like yeah we haven't really had an episode since like football like started yeah started i've been definitely highly engaged in college football in the nfl Mm -hmm. some relative success for my teams early in the season even though Will you disclose your teams? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, you know, I went to West Virginia University. Unfortunately, they lost to Penn State in week one, but they managed to beat our biggest rivals, Pitt. Oh, okay. You know, in the backyard brawl the following week, and they've won again last weekend um, against a Texas Tech. So happy about that. Steelers are 2-1, and one, not 1-2. One and two, But wow. um, things, are, things are good, so... You know, awesome. three games into the season, there's only a couple of records that you could have. Right. Just yeah. pointing out they just, weren't one and two. Right. Just, <laughs> just conveniently Generally. saying that, even yep. though that's what the Patriots record is right now. But we beat the Jets that's yesterday, right. and that was good, good for me yesterday. because my friend is a Jets fan, and we love to be able to rub it in the group chat that. Yeah but at least we beat them. Was that the most watched football game for you yesterday, or was there something else on your mind? Um, (laughs) So we had the debut of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey last night. Yeah. That was kind of iconic. I I like Travis Kelsey separately because his podcast is really funny with his brother, Jason. Mm -hmm was on the Eagles, but I know you probably don't really like the Eagles because it's the other Philadelphia, or not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. team. Well, I don't like the Eagles because of my time when we lived in southern New Jersey. Oh. You don't yeah. have to explain that. I don't, yeah. I don't get okay. geography. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like 30 miles from Philly where we lived. Oh, so okay. it was tough to live there. Okay, so you got a lot of like, <laughs> like being Eagle from family. Connecticut, yeah, exactly. like we had the split of like New Giants. York, yeah. Boston, yeah. New England. So I got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that was fun watching that unfold from when he made her a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it when he went to her concert during the summer. And then they drove off in a convertible after the game last night. <laughs> so they, they broke the, they broke the internet. Yeah. So Do they have a singular name yet? Uh, I don't know. No? I don't feel comfortable of trying to mess two words <laughs> together live. All right. I'll give you guys one next time. But All right. Yeah. My two my two interests have smashed into each other. Yep. So that's good. Yep. What's up in the shrew? Oh. Besides like this global like craziness that we just talked about. Yeah, there's well there's been a lot going on, a lot of community facing things that we've already touched on. Uh work continues certainly on climate action plan outreach that you're heavily involved in. And where are we at in that? Near the we, end? Yeah, we have no more like events left, but our online survey is open for the rest of the week. It closes on October 1st. Mm-hmm. It can be found at www.shrewsburyma.gov slash all in. So Great. you can engage that way. Yeah. So we have town meeting just around the corner. The select board will be signing the warrant at their meeting tomorrow night on September 26th, and that's going to lock in. Uh, the warrant for special town meeting at this time it looks like 11 articles so it's heavily financial or uh, I think there's a there's a good balance there's actually uh, three or four legislative matters mm-hmm. general bylaw things um, we continue to work on uh, building tax increment financing agreement with uh, the precision manufacturer high-tech manufacturer uh, that we talked about at select boards last meeting um, maybe we can get into that a little bit with Ruth Anderson because yeah. it has a lot to do with assessing 
uh, when she comes on, so that'll be fun. Um, and then big community event on the horizon, first of its kind, right? October yeah. October 21st. Trunk or treat from the rec department, so that'll be... Is it a truck or treat? Aren't truck, we, aren't we having highway trucks there? Yeah. And if it wasn't already named that, true. then we should change it. Yeah. And I should get credit. It could it could have been me. My <laughs> eyes not reading correctly. I think it's truck or treat. Yeah. Yep. Truck or treat event with rec. Um, Which will be fun. Yes. And the fire on the town hall campus, right? Yes. Yep. And the fire department's having their open house on October fourteenth. Okay. Um, I don't know what time. So we'll continue the community events well into October. Yeah. Good. Which is fun. Yeah. I love it. That's great. More community events for all. So that's a lot going on in the last few weeks. And as we look forward to town meeting and getting into the full swing of things for fall, we'll start the budget process, which we'll, I know we have a upcoming episode on that, that uh, we'll talk to Alex Martinez about the budget cycle. So that'll be fun. Yay. So let's get into today's discussion a little bit. We'll bring uh, Ruth Anderson in just a minute. Um, we're gonna talk about assessing uh, the mm -hmm. town assessor's position and their role in the, the town and uh, the tax setting process and the property valuation process, which is their key. Uh, certainly a key member, whenever I think of you know finance and administration, it's one of the big three departments in that group, right, treasurer collector, uh, town accountant and assessor those those three go together in my mind and um, the assessor plays the lead role in most of the functions that happen if you really look at the overall financial cycle for the town um, in generating or setting values mm -hmm. that we then use to tax whether that's um, real property personal property uh, but then you know uh, on the other side of things as well, working with those eligible for some type of tax release, leave, relief program that all goes through the assessor's office. Um, and, you know, so the assessor really plays a key role in, in the start of our revenue process. Uh, obviously, our largest revenue source, which we've talked about uh, time and time again, is the property tax revenue here in Massachusetts. Uh, that tax levy for the town of Shrewsbury is over $100 million, and it's uh, all based on a fair valuation of real property in the community, and the assessor's office is in charge of that. So um, there's a lot of checks and balances that are put in place that are not only um, found in the general laws, but norms of the profession and the professional assessors, and I know Ruth's a big part of the Massachusetts Assessors. Uh, association and um, there's clear certifications and review and oversight by the Commonwealth to make sure not only the individual communities are properly assessing um, properties within the community mm -hmm. but things are done fairly across the Commonwealth and things kind of just make sense uh, when you move from town to town uh, there being 351 of us so um, it's a really interesting process and it's uh, a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, most folks, I would say, generally speaking, interact with the assessors not as often as they may with some other departments. Um, they may receive a notice in the mail and right. someone from the assessing department may, may want to come see their property and they may be 
apprehensive to do that. And, you know, Ruth can talk about why that's really important and how it can actually benefit uh, the property owner, the taxpayer. Uh, so hopefully we can get folks to think about that a little bit different because it's really important to make sure we're doing everything fair and equal for everyone across the town. So um, my final intro thought on this is the assessing is um, managed through a three-member board of assessors. Mm -hmm. uh, I appoint uh, those uh, individual members and they serve for three-year terms. So Ruth serves as the principal assessor, and then there's uh, three members on the board of assessors that she works with um, in the taxation, setting, the tax setting process, and um, helping individuals with abatements, exemptions, yeah. uh, questions about tax bills, and things like that. Um, Ruth is supported in her office by uh, three other full-time employees and a part-time employee. So uh, we can dive deep into what a day in the life of the assessor looks like um, when we bring Ruth in. So mm. I think it's time to do that. Can I have one more thought? Of course. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, just another plug about resident questions. Sure. We'd love to continue engaging with um, our community in, in this capacity, and we'd love if people could send us questions, um, whether it's suggestions for different topics we can cover or general questions about episodes we've already had or future episodes that we might have at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. I'm really excited to be able to like use this segment more and mm -hmm. I, I, I just want people to send questions. Yeah, I think it would be <laughs> add a little bit of That's uh, my interest to the community. So hopefully folks will do that and take advantage of it. So... Without further ado, let's welcome in Principal Assessor Ruth Anderson. So welcome to Ruth Anderson, our Principal Assessor to the Town Manager Downwood. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So um, we always like to take the opportunity for folks to get to know uh, all of our guests a little bit better. So let's start off uh, talking a little bit about your career path into local government and how long you've been with the town and... All those good things. All those good things. Yeah. So, um, sure. I kind of fell into assessing, which is sort of the MO for most of the assessors that I know. Nobody answers their grandpa, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a tax assessor. That's just <laughs> never, ever happened. So uh, when my kids were little, I was looking for something to do part-time, and I grew up in a family of builders, so I kind of like the whole construction thing. Mm -hmm. And I had spent several years working for a real estate attorney, so I thought, put those two things together, appraising seemed like a really good fit. So I went to school and you get your trainee's license and then you have to work with an appraiser for a certain amount of years to get actually fully licensed and not very good at timing apparently because it was the middle of a real estate boom and nobody had the time to take me on and finish my training. Hmm. So that kind of flamed out. I then saw a posting for a part-time assessor's clerk in Grafton, which is where I live. I applied and I got that job in September of 20, 2003. So 20 years I've been doing this. I worked my way up to full-time. I took every class I could. I had a really great boss who encouraged education. And then I earned my Massachusetts accredited assessor designation. So after 10 years in Grafton, I... Moved on, I became the town assessor in Boxborough, which is a really tiny little town, but the benefit of that is I had to do everything. I had no staff, 
every phone call, every person at the counter, I had to deal with them. So it was a really great learning experience. Once you do that for a few years, you've done everything. So it gets a little boring. So I um, moved on to Hopkinton, where I was the deputy assessor, a much bigger town, a lot more going on. And I was there for three years when the job posting came up for Shrewsbury. I applied for that, was very thankful to get it. And I've been here since May of 21. Awesome. So Ruth, we met way back in those Grafton years. Yeah. Longer ago than we thought. I didn't know you were there from 2003 though. That's interesting to yep. me. I didn't know when you started. So I was there in 11 through 13. So um, that's where Ruth and I first met. So we uh, left right around the same time. That's right. We got out and of it's this. gone downhill ever since. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. So yeah. So. Um, Let's talk a little bit more. I know you are highly involved uh, in your professional associations and stuff like that, so no better ambassador uh, for the assessing community than you. So let's let's talk a little bit about that behind the scenes. What is the goal of an assessor in towns in Massachusetts, and um, how do you take on your role? So the short answer to that is fair and equitable. I use that term all the time in the office. It applies to everything that we do. So the biggest part of our job, like you said in the intro, is spent determining values for all property in Shrewsbury. That's real estate and personal property. But we're also responsible for administration of excise tax, which nobody likes, including me. <laughs> uh, on vehicles, uh, we oversee abatements and exemptions. We update ownership and parcel boundaries. So if there's a lot split or deed or something like that, we take care of that. And there's a whole lot more little minutia things that bore most people, but we keeps us busy and mm -hmm. we find it kind of cool. So our goal in Shrewsbury is to create values that are fair and based on the market and to treat all properties equitably, which means we apply the same factors to similar properties, no exceptions. So for instance, if there are two houses right next door to each other, they're both built the around the same time by the same builder, they've got four bedrooms, two and a half baths and a finished basement, their assessment should be pretty close to the same. Mm -hmm. So we work really hard to be accurate in our process of evaluation, but mistakes can happen. And when they do, there is a provision in the law for people to contest their assessment, mm -hmm. which allows us to make corrections in the current fiscal year so the taxes are accurate. Because our goal is always to be as correct and accurate as possible. So uh, when you look at those properties, what is your, how do you value a property? You, you talked about you started off in the appraisal field. We don't call it appraiser. We call it an assessor on the government side. So how do those two things, how are they different or how are they the same? So an appraisal is usually for one property. Okay. So you buy a property or you re want to refinance your property. An appraiser is going to come out, look at your house, and look at similar houses that sold and say, this is what your house is worth today. Mm -hmm. And it's for that one thing. We have to do what's called mass appraisal, which has nothing to do with Massachusetts, but has more to do with the whole. So we apply the same kind of analysis. We look at the, the market, what properties have sold for, but then we apply those factors to everybody. Mm -hmm. So if we've got, say, 20 four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath colonials mm -hmm. that sold in Shrewsbury, we analyze those and we figure out a factoring system and it basically comes down to a cost per square foot. And then we apply those factors to everything that didn't sell so that 
the 10 houses in the subdivision that didn't sell in our analysis year are going to be valued based on what the three houses that did mm -hmm. sell for. When I was taking my finance seminar, I remember coming in to talk to you the day oh, yeah? after I did my like assessing class and you did a really good job explaining that like all the value, it's just kind of a pie. Right. And all the houses in Shrewsbury have to make up that pie and that's when the tax rate and like your assessment go kind of yeah, we do a we do a seesaw thing, right. a visual that when the values go up, usually the rate goes down based mm -hmm. on the spending and that kind of a thing. So sometimes it's really it's a lot. I'm a visual learner, so mm -hmm. I try to have visual things out at the counter or on the uh, assessor's page of the website that kind of explain the process. Yeah. And my classification hearings got a lot of mm -hmm. you do visuals good. Yes. too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Ruth, you mentioned neighborhoods a couple of times, so I'm just curious to dig in on that a little bit. So in the mass appraisal process, you explain, so if you have a, a Cape-style house that has three bedrooms and one bath, does how if how much is that looked at just across the town, or is it neighborhood by neighborhood whenever you're looking at those values? It's actually both. So we start with style okay. because that's the, the – it's kind of like the biggest piece of the mm -hmm. pie, so to speak. So we start with style. We figure out – Gee, for some reason, everyone wanted to buy a cape in 2022. So the values went up, there were bidding wars, and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So once we get close to our value matching the sale price, mm -hmm. then we break it down further to different neighborhoods of town because everybody knows there are different places in, you know, around Shrewsbury that people want to live, by the water, not by the water, close to the schools near downtown. Mm -hmm. And those are economic neighborhoods. So mm -hmm. then we break it down even further, make further adjustments so that every, it's kind of, okay. I hate to use the word tweaking, but mm -hmm. it's kind of a, a fine tuning the process until we get within the ratios that are required by the Department of Revenue. What are those ratios? So we have to be, if your house sold for $600,000, it would need to be assessed within 10% of that mm -hmm. either way. So 10% okay. over or 10% under that sale price in order to be certified by the DOR. Okay. So the DOR, and so I mentioned, you know, in my really brief intro about this, there's a lot of checks and balances in place for your position. There's professional certifications and requirements, things like that. But, but I think you're one of the assessing world in Massachusetts is one of the few uh, aspects of municipal operations that actually has a state oversight body come into the community and check your work. Mm -hmm. So what 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 does that look like? And and so they're not checking each value individually. Okay. They're not saying this house yes is assessed Good. at that. They're looking at our process. Okay. So we have to do all of the analysis and then we have to submit all of our sales to the department of revenue that says this is everything that sold mm -hmm. this is what it was assessed at last year this is what we're thinking we want to assess it at this year and then they go through those with a fine-tooth comb and make sure that everything falls within the correct parameters once that's done we apply those parameters like i said to every property in town mm -hmm and then come up with values for every class of property, single families, condos, yeah. commercial, industrial. And then 
once those totals are created, we have to submit that to the Department of Revenue. And then they look it over and certify that we've done our job according to their guidelines and their requirements. So they're not approving the value for 123 Main Street mm -hmm. individually. They're approving our process and say that we, we're right where we need to be. How often does that happen? Every year. Every year? Yep. Okay. We actually just received certification this year for fiscal 24. I just got the notice this morning that our values have been certified. Great. Yay. So just you've been time. in? Just in time. <laughs> A month earlier than last year, so. Oh, that's great. True. Yeah. So you've been in Shrewsbury since May of 2021. What What's assessing like in Shrewsbury that's similar to those other communities? What's different? And... Uh, anything stand out to you, I guess, is kind of the bottom So of the Shrewsbury is booming mm -hmm. and has been for since probably before I got here. But the last few years have been really not strange or surprising, just kind of mind-boggling, the mm -hmm. numbers that, that we're seeing. Um, and people don't like it when they get their tax bill because they say, my house has gone up by 30% in the last three years. That can't be right. And I have to say it's actually right mm -hmm. because people want to live here. Mm -hmm. So they're paying to buy property so that their kids can go to school here or they can be in Central Mass, right, you know, mm -hmm. next to Worcester or 40 miles from Boston or whatever. It's just, it's an incredibly desirable community. So people are paying prices that we could not have anticipated four years ago in order to buy property here. We have a saying in our office that if one person overpays for a house, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. If a hundred people overpay for a house, that's the market. Mm -hmm. And you might look, you or I might look at it and say, I'd never pay 980 for that house, but they got it, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and that's all that we do. We kind of our eyes get big for a little bit and say, holy smokes, that's a, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big number. It's a big jump from last year. And then we get down to the, the work of saying, is that yeah, an outlier? Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And figuring out the patterns. So those patterns, you've done a really good job of presenting them during your tax classification hearings. Um, I remember for the past few years, We've had an average, we, Shrewsbury, sales in Shrewsbury for residential homes have been greater than 100% of asking price on average. Yep. So that's more than a, that's more than a trend, right? That's, that is. Yeah. Yep. So since I've been here, it's, it's, was 100, I think it's 103% this year on the single families. So it's dropped a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's still, you have to realize too that the brokers are pricing things higher. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they price it at five and they get seven. Now they're pricing it at six seven. and getting seven and a quarter. Yeah. So it's not as big of a ratio, a gap, but they're still, right. this, the original asking price is closer. So those realtors are trying to capture that additional value in the market and they're still, the market's still beating yep. them in some ways. Yep, on average it is. Wow. So, I think it makes sense to talk mostly about residential properties in the community um, and assessing those. Most people can relate to that. But I know you also assess commercial property mm -hmm. and personal property within commercial property. What's that process look like? And um, 
the commercial side? That? Yeah, the commercial side generally. So commercial is kind of a weird animal. There's a lot more involved to it than just looking at the market. Um, so we actually have a vendor that helps us with that. Okay. So we give him all of our data. He analyzes the market and then uh, verifies the values based on the income approach, which means if you have a strip mall and you own it and you want to sell it, any potential buyer is going to come and say, what's it going to make me? What's the income? What are the expenses? So because that's what drives the market on that type of property, our vendor uses that information to kind of back up the market approach that he does. So it's a two-pronged analysis. Mm -hmm. He's a lot better at it than I am. Mm -hmm. um, the residential keeps me pretty busy. Sure. Um, so the commercial, it hasn't grown quite as much as the residential. We had COVID. Everything really slowed down for a couple of years there, but it's, it's starting mm -hmm. to make a comeback. Speaking of keeping up on the residential side, how many properties do you get into every year? You know, I, I know you have an obligation to view properties. Yep. So, um, I mean, there's how many residential properties in Shrewsbury? So how do you keep up with that? Uh, it keeps us really busy. So I think you said at the beginning, I've got a staff of three full-timers and a part-timer. Uh, two of my full-timers go out into the field. My part-timer, that's his only job. So the Department of Revenue, again, overseeing everything that we do, says that we have to at least try to inspect 10% of all properties every year. Okay. We're trying to be a little bit more aggressive with that so that we can be more accurate and trying to get on an eight-year cycle. Mm -hmm. That takes some time. So nobody ever has to there's no legal requirement that you let us in. And there's no penalty if if you don't. Mm -hmm. And we understand that it's it's an odd scenario to um, have somebody show up at your on your at your door. But we have processes in place so that we try to cut down on the stranger at the door scenario. Mm -hmm. So if a property sells, we're going to send you a letter asking you to verify the information and asking that you set an appointment. So you can do that. What works for your schedule takes 20 minutes. If you pull a permit for something, we have a process in place that asks your permission if we can come and view the, the completed work. And then if nobody's visited your home in eight to 10 years, we send a postcard first saying we're going to be in the neighborhood. If you want to set an appointment, please call. We do go door to door if we don't have any response, but nobody ever has to let us in. Sure. The caveat to that is there could be something wrong. Nobody wants it to be wrong. Nobody made it wrong on purpose. But, you know, if somebody 10 years ago visited your house and instead of two bathrooms put three by accident when they were data entering it yeah. or when they measured it and they said, oh, this is 36 feet, and then in the system they put it in as 38, it's not on purpose. It's just something that happened. Mm -hmm. But that's going to stay there sure. until we come back and fix it. So mm -hmm. we're not out to nitpick people or, you know, pick up every little bit of value. We're not trying to grab stuff. We don't get a bonus if we, you know, pick up an extra bathroom or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, it's the whole fair and equitable thing where we want it to be right. And when it's right for everybody, then mm -hmm. it's fair for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody's being assessed for what they have. They're not being assessed for what they don't have. Yeah. Well, going back to Taylor's pie analogy and, and your comment, you don't you don't get a bonus if you find an extra 
bathroom, right? We're, we don't create more tax levy in the community. We can only raise so much on mm -hmm. Proposition 2.5. So as you look at those pieces of pie, however finite you want to divide it up, it's made up by all the property in the community. We don't, we don't set the amount of money that we raise. We divide up how we raise the money mm -hmm. that we're allowed to under the state law. Right. So some communities in doing that split their tax rates mm -hmm. between commercial and residential. What's, what's the theory behind that? Do you have any opinion on whether that's good or, or not? And does that bring more tax dollars to the community? It actually doesn't bring one penny more because the levy, which is what's raised through taxation, that's the set number. Mm -hmm. And your value on your property is the, the determining factor of your piece of that pie. Mm -hmm. So someone that's got a house that's worth a million dollars, their piece of the pie for the levy is bigger than somebody that's got a house worth $300,000, which I don't know if there are any left like that in Shrewsbury. <laughs> so communities are allowed in Massachusetts to have different rates for different classes of property. And typically in a split rate community, the rate applied to residential is lower than what's applied to commercial and industrial. And that's a decision that rests with the select board or a city council or whoever the legislative body is. So select board in Shrewsbury, the assessor's office, my office, we don't have a vote. Mm -hmm. My manager doesn't have a vote. Um, and the other thing people don't vote on is value. So, we can't say we need more money, so we're going to vote that assessments go up by 15%. It's just an analysis of the market. So what the select board can do is decide whether to split the rate for the community based on what they feel is best for the people that they represent. So there's benefits for each option. A single rate means just that. Everybody pays the same. It's calculated on a certain amount per $1,000 of value. And people that like the split rate like that everybody's taxed the same. Mm -hmm. And it also can be seen as uh, a benefit for commercial and industrial properties that want to relocate. So in Shrewsbury, Worcester's got a split rate. Um, I think Auburn has a split rate. Uh, Westboro does not, but their rate is a lot higher than ours. Mm -hmm. So between those communities, if some if a company wants to build new or relocate here, of course, they're going to look at their bottom line, which includes their expenses, and taxes is a big part of that. So Shrewsbury would seem to be a more cost-effective option with this, mm -hmm. with the uh, single rate. Communities with a split rate, um, they usually have a much higher percentage of commercial or industrial properties. Um, there's no hard and fast rule, but usually they'll start to consider it when their residential is less than 75% of the whole as far as value is concerned. Shrewsbury is consistently high 80s, 88, 89% residential and has maintained a single rate. So the rationale comes down to what the select board wants, what they feel is best for this community, and how uh, they want Shrewsbury to be perceived to potential commercial or industrial developers. So again, it doesn't make the pie any bigger. Nope. It just puts more emphasis on different types of pieces of the pie I exactly guess. yep so taxes challenge everyone right no matter what it's all it's all a personal situation and 
Um, you know, some communities have higher tax rates, some communities have lower tax rates, some values are higher in communities, right? So there's a lot of different parts and pieces that go uh, into this, but everyone recognizes no one likes to pay taxes and it points in people's lives for one reason or another, whether normally, whether that's earlier in your career years or after you retire, taxes can become a great challenge. So one of the things the select board is really focused on, especially with the override, is tax relief programs. And Ruth, I think you've really brought their vision uh, into uh, practical terms and have identified a lot of different ways that we can find some taxpayer relief mm -hmm. under the general laws. So um, why don't you talk a little bit about the programs that exist for taxpayers and uh, how folks could investigate if they're eligible for them? Right. So first, I just want to just uh, talk about the difference between an abatement and an exemption because it's not a really big deal, but there is a difference as far as what we're concerned and what people call and they say they want something mm -hmm. so that they have the right terminology. So an abatement is granted when a property is overassessed, usually okay. due to some error, like mm -hmm. I said, we had extra bathroom or measured wrong. And through the abatement process, we can correct the errors on the property record and that adjusts the taxes for the current fiscal year and going forward. And abatements are tied to the property. It doesn't matter who owns it. It's the assessment on the property. So an exemption is also an adjustment to the taxes, but it's tied to the person who owns it or is domiciled there. So there's several exemptions that are statutory, meaning that they are in the law and they're authored in some form by every Massachusetts community. There's different qualifications, but in general, there's four categories. If you're legally blind, if you're a veteran with at least a 10% service-connected disability, which is determined by the VA, if you're a surviving spouse, widower or widower, or you're 65 and older with limited assets, and then the fourth one is if you're 65 and older with limited income and assets. So those income and asset limits are increased each year based on a cost of living adjustment that's set by the Department of Revenue. We don't have any control over that. Mm -hmm. um, when I got to Shrewsbury, they hadn't been adjusted in a really long time, and we went to town meeting and accepted a local option so that we can bump those up a little bit every year so that hopefully more people can qualify. So the amount of the credit varies depending on which exemption you're, you qualify for. And Shrewsbury's also voted to increase that amount by up to double what is required in the law. So if the law says you have to give $400 for a disabled vet, we can go up to eight. Okay. So we also have a senior workoff program in Shrewsbury that's administered by the senior center. And what it does is it places people into jobs within the town. Um, working at the police station or in an office in town hall, maybe at the schools. And instead of getting a paycheck, they get a credit applied to their real estate tax bill. And then finally, in 2022, the town voted to accept a new tax relief program that we called Standing with Shrewsbury. And this program is funded through donations from residents and businesses. And it works pretty much the same way as the scholarship program that's been in place for, I guess, a lot of years. So income and asset limits to qualify are set by a tax relief fund committee, which is made up of myself and Amy Perkins, our tax collector, and then three members of the community. 
and they're more generous than those that are required by the statutory programs. And this aims to assist especially long-term Shrewsbury residents with their tax burden, and they can be combined with other exemption programs. So if you qualify for the veterans one or the um, senior or blind, you can get this one on top of that. So applications for all of the exemption programs are available online, the assessor's page of the website or at our office at Town Hall. And like I said, senior work office done through the senior center. So all of that um, can see Holly over there. Great. I know, like I said, Ruth, you had have moved a lot of those programs forward or provided additional enhancements to the underlying general laws. And um, there's been a lot of effort on that. And Standing with Shrewsbury, started this year and was successful in its first year, I think, and yep. bringing some taxpayer relief um, to Shrewsbury seniors and others in financial needs. So really tip our hat to you for finding a way to move us towards that desired goal of being the best local government in the world. So that- um, Getting there. <laughs> is always appreciated, you know, not only by the board, but those individual taxpayers that we certainly get to, to help along the way. So we really appreciate you taking the time to come in and share a little bit about your position and how things work on a day-to-day -day basis, but we don't want to kind of leave on the, the work note. We want to have a little bit of fun. So right. we know, I know, because I eat it, Ruth is an amazing Baker? What's the proper term? Yeah, you're right. Baker? Right. Yeah, I mean, make delicious desserts. I've never had anything that Ruth made that I didn't like. So, you know, we're moving into the fall season, so that's a hint to start, you know, <laughs> bringing some more stuff into the town hall. I'll, sh I'll shadow <laughs> Ellie, too. There you go. <laughs> Is she so, listening still? <laughs> so, um, so we move into the fall, you know, it's pumpkin spice season. There's tons of controversy about when it should be, you know, when pumpkin spice latte should be available. We'll set that aside because this is not a political show. But what is your favorite pumpkin flavored thing to either make or to eat or, and I'll, I'll answer too, not yeah. to make because I don't make anything. But. So for a fancier dessert, I make a really good pumpkin marble cheesecake, wow. which is pretty good. And then uh, my brother's favorite thing is we call it a harvest loaf. So it's pumpkin bread, but it's got chocolate chips and nuts and there's really great glaze on it. And that's that's pretty good. So. Greg in my office tried to steal that recipe to make it for his Thanksgiving Is that last why year. I seen him for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave up because he didn't want to buy all the ingredients and he just oh went with a box mix or something, which I had to talk my ears about. Oh, he's going to hear about that. I <laughs> just locked in the safe. <laughs> How about What's you, your favorite? I can do two. I'll, okay. I can do a sweet and a savory. Yeah. I love, love, love pumpkin ravioli. Yeah. Like yeah. a sage, like butter yeah. on top. Pumpkin ravioli is so good. Mm. Butternut squash ravioli, very good too, but yeah. love pumpkin ravioli. I make really good um, pumpkin chocolate chip cookies for the fall. Mm. I made them last year, but I think Nick probably <laughs> ate all of them. So yeah, he's a, I'll have to I'll make some more in the next one. couple weeks. Yeah. So. Poor Nick. No. <laughs> so anything pumpkin flavor for me has to be sweet. I'm not, I'm not, uh, even like 
classic pumpkin pie is not quite sweet enough. Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. you mentioned, I'll give a try, Ruth. So you know, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I know you you are amazing. Not only assessor but baker, and we appreciate all the hard work that you do and all the sweets that go. you bring in. What's that? I did. Go. I said it has to be sweet, and anything that Ruth makes, I like. You specific. <laughs> you just try to get out of it. Not pumpkin pie. I'll go with a good pumpkin roll, like really. Oh good, yeah, really okay. good icing in it. Yep, that's a good one. Right. Yeah, those now are you, actually now really easy to make. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Taylor. <laughs> I said it to get you in trouble. We can do that instant replay thing with the red flag. <laughs> I that'd be so funny, like Bill Belichick just like <laughs> throw it on the table. Flag. But no, don't let Taylor interrupt my praise for you, Ruth. We really appreciate everything that you do and um, how you lead your staff and all the work that you've done to really bring taxpayer relief. And honestly, even bigger than that, for me, the transparency and the tax rate setting process and how you make those presentations to the board and, and keep, you know, the town manager's office up to, up to speed on the processes throughout the year. That's incredibly helpful to us. So just to you know, recognize your work in that. There's been a lot going on in the community and growth has been off the hook. And that takes a lot of work by your office because you're on the front lines of that, whether it's helping set the new address or bring that value onto the books so we can improve services to residents. So huge thank you on all those uh, to you. Thanks for taking the opportunity to be here with us on the Town Manager Download. This has been another uh, great conversation. As Taylor mentioned before, if you uh, have any questions or ideas for an episode, please reach out to us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. On behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.